that branding becomes much more of a long-term play to see those results. And so when you see people like Joe Rogan, like to begin with, he probably wouldn't have had a very huge, huge audience until now it's just progressively, progressively got to a point where people start talking about him and becoming advocates for his show and sharing his content, which is what that long-term goal of what branding is, is to have advocates and evangelists of your brand, be it a business or a podcast. Our guest today is someone who helps existing and new podcasts in branding. He is also a brand identity designer living currently in Sydney, Australia. Now, this conversation between me and Frank was very amazing and changed my thoughts of branding a podcast. Now, without a further ado, let's listen to the conversation with Regan McRill. People also know him as Good Day Frank. Hi Frank, how are you doing man? G'day Jayesh, yeah doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It's morning in India. I think it's afternoon in Australia, right? That's correct. It's 3.30. I'm getting that 3.30-itis feeling at the moment. So this is going to pump me up to get me through on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> okay, it's morning in India and I'm not a morning person, but uh, That's right. all the people listening to this episode, I'm trying to be the morning person. All right, so let's start with the show. Um, I think your name is uh, Frank. Your your nickname is Frank, right? It is. It is. Okay, so before moving ahead, can you just quickly introduce yourself to the audience, those who don't know you? Yep. Will do. Yeah. So, good day, all. Um, my name is Reagan Frank McCreel. Frank is my middle name. I go by that to introduce myself to my clients, is that because it's a bit easier than Reagan, a bit easier to spell and uh, easy to remember. I'm a brand identity designer from Sydney, Australia. I've been running my own business, G'day Frank, for the past nearly three years now with my wife. We live here in an area called the Blue Mountains, which is a bit west of Sydney uh, with my uh, two kids, um, newly uh, a dad again for a four-month-old baby at the moment and a three-year-old son. And uh, at the moment, I'm focusing on helping small to medium businesses in the tech space or more local Aussie businesses, as well as podcasters to start and brand their podcast. Okay, so can you just share quickly about what is Good Day Frank and how have you come up with that uh, thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I named G'day Frank because uh, a few reasons. The the Frank name obviously is my middle name. It's both also my uh, grandfather's name. So two of my grandfathers, that's their first name as well. So there's some heritage there, I guess. But the reason why I named the business G'day Frank was that I wanted to have a bit of a call to action in my business name. So when a client picks up the phone and calls me, or I call them, they could say, you know, G'day Frank, how are you doing? Or they can start an email by saying, G'day Frank, we need this, 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 this. And um, they can uh, introduce themselves by using my own business name, which I think is quite fun. And I think people kind of get a bit of a kick out of that. It's a very simple name. It shows that it's an Aussie business and it uh, is something that so far is sticking. And G'day in Australian just means hello. It doesn't mean goodbye. So when people say to me, um, have a good day, Frank, it's like, no, you can just say have a, a good day or have, you know, see you later kind of thing. So that's the origin of, of G'day, Frank. So I was listening to your podcast, Two Red Chairs, and I think you have in total of three podcasts, oh, yep. right? Uh, one is uh, Two Red Chairs, the Correct. other is Branding, Branding Partner, and the third one is Good Day, Frank, right? 
Correct. How did you start it? Three of them. Can you just quickly tell us the duration? When did you start it that and how long it has been? Yeah, yeah. So about two years ago, um, Branding Banter was my first podcast. It's a co-hosted podcast with a fellow Australian branding designer. Her name is Delphi. And we live in two different cities. Um, we're now across either side of Australia. I'm in Sydney. She's in Perth, so three hours away. And we started this podcast because, A, we wanted to to give podcasting a go. We'd never done it before, each of us. And we wanted to talk about kind of the impact that branding had or can have on small Australian businesses. So for many of the, the clients that we work with, they're typically small to medium businesses. And we wanted to show via the clients that we had worked with, get them on the show and share their experience of what branding has done for their business and showing that, you know, for other kind of businesses like them that it is a worthwhile investment um, we only got through a certain amount of episodes in that first year only because um, last year in addition to the pandemic um, we both had children of our own um, Delphi had Delphi had her fourth child and I had my second well my wife did but collectively um, we had a second child so that kind of put that on the back burner and we've just shelved it until this year and that first episode back comes out on monday um, funnily enough the second one two red chairs is designed to um, focus on designers so it's interviews with fellow creatives to show how they their you know design life has shaped them as a person as a business owner and how they've become a better creative out of the experiences that they've had um, throughout working with clients or as an in-house designer and it's just a, a fun way to connect with new designers, share their perspective, and then even give some inspiration to other designers listening. And Brand My Bod Podcast is the newest one that I have. It's uh, in conjunction with a service that I'm offering as a branding designer to help uh, podcasters start their own podcast. So it's giving some uh, tutorials each episode of what you can do to start up your podcast. And then it will transition in the next few weeks into more interview-based uh, podcast episodes along with some tips as well along the way so that's my gamut of three podcasts going on along at the moment that sounds wonderful i was talking to one of my friend last night that uh, let's start a podcast together yep. uh, it will it would be something related to digital marketing but yeah uh, i'll be in your competition soon <laughs> amazing i like it they're like this is the thing that there's so much opportunity to to have with podcasting even though you think it might be a bit saturated i just kind of encourage people to share their voice share their perspective share what they know uh, what they're interested in and it's a very very low barrier to entry now to create a podcast mm -hmm, right so zencaster and anchor.fm and all those free platforms yeah. have given leverage to public at large to publish the podcast and yeah. i think podcast is going to leverage very much in 2021 and along with that um clubhouse has also been in the market uh, for more than six months or so so i think it is going to give a new platform to the podcasters like youtube live um where people engage live face to face clubhouse is going to be the platform where people just listen to the conversation actively while they are working. Yeah, it will be. I think definitely, and this is something that we're transitioning into with the Branding Banter podcast is having that as a live stream podcast recording. So we'll do it live and that way it can introduce some questions from an audience that joins in and we can record it and then put it out that same day. That's my ambition at least. So we record a live session on a Monday about lunchtime, my time. And then later that day, that probably that evening, the episode will go live on our podcast for people to listen to. So it, it's it's an interesting way that you might not even need to record it. You could just do podcasting live. So that way there's a bit more urgency to get people there to listen to your show, especially if you build up a bit of a, an audience and a listener, listenership. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic of how it's changing now to something that's more evergreen and you can always come back to it, to something that it has to be in the moment. And if you did a bit of a mix of both, that might be something to change things up a bit and add a bit of uh, depth to your podcast rather than just one episode after an episode each week or um, every second week or month. So, Frank, I used to work for an Australian company. Uh, it was my nine to five, basically. So 
uh, we used to have a lot of SEO projects for local and um, small businesses. So I just wanted to quickly know that um, is it a true situation in Australia that there are only local businesses and small businesses? There are no medium size or large size businesses or like MNCs over in Australia? Because I was talking to my boss one day and I said I asked him to change the prospecting way. So he said there are no like there are less number of MNCs like in in Australia. Uh I don't think that's wholly true. There are very decently sized Australian businesses. There aren't that many of them. I'll I'll say that because Australia the Australian market isn't very big compared to say an Indian or an American or you know wherever you are in the world. Australia's population is only 26 million people. So there's not that much need for very big corporations. The typical big corporations are either banking, um, something to do with home investment or loans, um, financial institutions, uh, and then you've got your major kind of retail chains. And typically with the retail chains that we have in Australia, they're owned by a big parent company, still possibly Australian owned, but maybe overseas owned. And they're kind of just like a house of brands of different, you know, uh, businesses around. So there are more, obviously, there are definitely more small to medium businesses that, than there are large corporations, but that's the same in any market around the world. Um, so that's not to say that there isn't big businesses. It's just a bit uh, less saturated, let's say. All right, Frank. So let's go a little back into the time and share something about what you used to do before all three podcast and having your own branding agency and helping businesses what do you used to do yep so i'll, I'll go back as far as uh, high school days i always wanted to be a designer or an animator so those kind of pixar movies like toy story that was like for me just a game changer i was like i want to do that for a living when i grow up I found out what it was involved in creating animation. It was just like, that's, that's very, that seems very hard for me. But then I was also very much drawn to advertising and like the artwork that was behind advertising to create those ads, be it designed, you know, uh, layouts in print magazines, that kind of thing. Um, otherwise it was shifting more into digital, but this is going back 15 years now. So there's a bit of a different world without social media at that time. So it's, it's now shifted for me. Well, it, it shifted for me once I got to the end of my high school days that I said, look, I'm going to take a year off. Um, I'm going to go over to Europe for a year and live there with my family that I have and came back and did a four-year degree in design and visual communication. Basically graphic design, but in different disciplines. It could be illustration, photography, web design, animation, video editing, or print and publication kind of stuff, or even advertising. And I thought I'd probably get an advertising job or at least a design agency job at the end of my studies. I finished university at the top of my class with distinction, got a medal and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And I thought I'm a shoe in for a job. I applied to about 30 different places in the space of a couple of weeks and got one call um, for an interview for a job that I was apparently unqualified for. And it was a junior design role. And I was like, how can, how can I even get a, a foot in the door here if there's such a high barrier to entry? And it's the same still this, you know, coming, you know, this current period where designers in Australia or overseas are finding it very hard to land a design-based job because you're not educated to know that you can, as an option, start your own business. Anyway, so that, that's still seven years away for me from at this particular point here. But I was given a freelance job for just a day rate kind of project. And it was working with a um, TV production company. And they make um, some big kind of shows that you might know, like X Factor or, or Idol, or you might have India's Got Talent over there, Jayesh. Um, shows like that, really big reality kind of shows and some dramas as well. And I started uh, doing a couple of days with them. And then they offered me a job on the, I think it was like the second or third day that I was there. And I was like, okay. And then I stayed there for seven years. They, they employed me. Um, I stayed there for seven years on the day. I met my wife there. We both worked together in different departments. We, uh, we got married, we had a child. And then about six months after my son was born, 
I was like, I want to start a business um, six months from now. So this was November, 2017. And I researched as much as I could about how to start a business specifically for a designer. And then um, on the 30th of June, I left my job and on July 1st, I started my business and have been doing it ever since um, 2018, July 1st. And, and that for me with branding was a bit of a, uh, a natural progression from what I was doing in my previous job, which was creating TV identities for new shows. So my team would pitch a, a network program show, like a new kind of format to the TV networks here in Australia and abroad as well. And if they got commissioned, then great, you know, the show got made. But for me, it was pumping out new logos and, and um, kind of like a, a mini brand identity in a very short space of time, putting it into like a pitch document or a PowerPoint presentation with a little video teaser for it. And that was the sum of the game. And I might do, I think in, in about seven years, I probably did over 600 of them. So it was quite a, a really um, prolific experience of creating identities so that when I did start uh, the business G'day Frank, it was kind of a natural progression to help small businesses do pretty much the same, but a bit more in depth. So creating the logos, creating, you know, messaging, the, the full brand identity gamut of what um, a business, be it small, be it large needs, it, it doesn't really matter. And that's where I'm at today. So I think you have been in business from two and a half year or so since 2018, right? Yeah, so it'd be coming up on three, halfway through this year. So how is lockdown period for you? I think you are pretty young in business. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a pretty tough kind of time. That first few weeks when our government announced that the country in totality would be locked down, it felt very restricting just mentally. And it's kind of like someone telling you can't do something that everyone feels very constrained and it feels like you're, you know, you're imprisoned in your home, own home kind of feeling. Um, and I, I hazard a guess that's still probably the feeling that a lot of people still are dealing with around the world. Australia at the moment, we don't have any cases. It's amazing. We really did, um, you know, skirt that very luckily. But those first couple of weeks, I, I mentally felt very restricted, even though I do work from home. You know, I have my family here and nothing really changed for me day to day for my business life. It was more just that mental capacity that I had that felt like I couldn't go out and do things if I needed to or wanted to, apart from just doing shopping and having to wear a mask and all that kind of stuff that's come with it. In terms of the business, it, it had dropped off a little bit, um, but luckily in our country as well, we gave... we the government gave us um, financial support for businesses and that helped us get through the last you know, eight to nine months, which has been great. In addition to my wife having um, a second child, that threw another spanner in the works. But again, there's some government assistance to have a child too. So financially, it's got us through, um, but it, it doesn't mean that it hasn't been a strain. But for many, many businesses around the country here, it's, it's been a very big shock to the system. If not, you know, businesses have closed because of it. Because it was just, you know, especially in hospitality, it was quite a dire kind of situation. Um, so for us, I think we got out of it pretty well. Um, businesses, business is still trying to pick up at the moment, and, and our business is the same. It's still a bit of a slow process to get back into a groove. So the last couple of months have been pretty slow comparatively. Um, but you know, you can only do what you can do and reach out to people and you know hope for the best. So let me show you little of my journey about um, lockdown era. So I still used to work uh, for nine to five in the same Australian company. Uh, but as soon as I completed a year in that company in the month of uh, September 2020, I just put a straightforward resignation. And uh, I saved a lot of time in the era of lockdown. So in that period, I used to just, um, you can say, used to do legal works, uh, designing the process, designing the website and all those things. And um, for, I think uh, for a few people, the lockdown has not been very, very, very uh, profitable and productive time. Uh, but uh, uh, for me, it is completely opposite because I saved a lot of time out of driving, out of going out and 
I invested that in my business and I started and there I am right now. So uh, now we are going to just uh, talk about uh, this particular thing, uh, branding the podcast. So here's a situation for you. Uh, imagine if I'm uh, starting a podcast right now, how would you yeah. help me? And uh, uh, let's not go deep into this, but uh, just give a core and core idea that uh, how will you help me in branding my podcast? Yeah, sure, sure. So if you came to me and the whole idea of podcasting excites you, but there's overwhelm of actually executing on that and getting it started because there's so many unknowns and questions that you have, but you know that you want to get it started as soon as possible. There's always the option for you to do it yourself and figure it out as you go and, you know, iteratively um, upgrade your process and figure out how to, you know, record and edit, upload, what to introduce into your podcast episodes and do it over time, you could do that. But if you want to get it sorted from the get-go and you want someone that knows what's, you know, can be done and the breadth of what needs to be done if you want to launch successfully, that's what I'm helping podcasters do. And in addition to that, it's treating your podcast as if you're creating a brand or, you know, a business. So I, I don't see podcasting as very different to a business. It can be an extension of a business or it can be an extension of a personal brand, but it can be a brand unto itself, especially if you did have a co-host or you come to the table without having a personal brand to begin with. This might be that opportunity for you to, to nail that brand for yourself, you know, with an extension of a podcast in, in tow. So for me, the, the typical things that you're probably thinking about with a podcast is cover art. I can help you design that. Um, social media sort of content templates, I can help you that. A website landing page, again, help you with that. And they're the kind of visual things that people would interact with to either be marketed to with what your podcast is going to be about each week or what it is about in general. So your audience has some other connection point to you. But then we can go a little bit further of actually naming, helping you name the podcast so that it shows up in certain keyword searches. So we're picking a very purposeful podcast. But then also you need to take a step back as well and understand who's your audience, you know, who you're talking to, what kind of tone of voice are they going to appeal to and what's your podcast actually going to be about and is there really a market for it? Is there anything else out there like this? Do we need to differentiate from others or do we have wide open space to do whatever we would like? and do it uniquely in our own way. Um, and that can influence things like what your podcast cover art looks like. So if there's a certain niche that you're going down, let's say it's medical, for instance, you know, you'd choose a certain color that would be, you know, that fits the medical profession, like a blue or a teal. Or if you're doing a gardening podcast, you'd choose green, very obvious kind of stuff here. But let's say you have a very competitive market that you want to start a podcast about in the space of say marketing. And if there's, if you look at your competitors and there's a lot of podcasts that are, let's say, um, all using kind of reds or yellows, you would then go in with a color that's completely different so that if yours pops up in search, that yours stands out just, you know, clear as day different from the others. So that's like the visual side of things um, and a little bit of the tone of voice that you want to talk with. But then there's the strategic side of how do you launch that podcast? And it's looking at launch strategies um, creating like a launch team of people to help pump the numbers up to begin with. I'm not talking about a paid service that people, you know, can get fake kind of uh, listeners and reviews. I, I don't really believe in that. It's more an organic kind of thing of those who support you, those friends and those colleagues that you might have in your network to launch and share your podcast when it's up. Um, and then some other things of actually creating a, a real kind of brand identity in itself. If you really want to go that far, creating a specific logo or something like that for the podcast that is a bit more bespoke. Um, and then there's one other little facet to branding is the audible side of things. So obviously, you know, podcasts are audio based, but you you are missing out on a visual kind of introduction. So to introduce it, you would typically have something like an audio, audible uh, music intro, like a custom audio branding, basically. I know a couple of guys that do this really, really well. It could be as simple though as just having a music intro with your voice over top. You could get, you know, a, an, um, an unlicensed um, bit of music, chuck your, your voice over the top and you're done. 
or you could have someone custom make some music for you that becomes unique to you and no one else is going to have that and that sets the tone for what kind of show you have so every time someone hears that audio be it on the podcast or in your marketing on say social media there's those connection points made so that people feel like it's familiar and you're creating a, a branded experience there are a whole heap of other different factors but that's typically how i can help uh, clients it's only a very new service in the last month or so so it's still very early days of, of presenting myself as someone that can do this for other people. So at the moment, it's just a lot of inquiries from people. But look, if, if you want to get in touch, you know, you can by all means reach out for that service. But um, yeah, at the moment, it's early days. Okay, so you said he has started this uh, service um, last month or so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, here's a question for you. So um, does the does branding the podcast give a boost to the podcast in the very initial phase of it or do we still need to market the podcast and um do seo and all those stuff to promote the podcast and get more listeners get more audience to it yeah for sure um i'd I look at it this way there's branding and there's marketing or marketing and advertising so branding to me is a very longer term kind of play. So what you're trying to do is build some equity in someone's mind. So let's say someone has a couple of brain cells, you know, open and ready for them to remember you by. What are you going to give them that they're going to remember you by for that? It could be the podcast cover art. It could be your voice. It could be what is you talk about. It could be the intro music. It could be the type of guests that you have. Um, it could be a certain segment in that podcast that they can play along with whatever it might be that captures their attention to realize that there's something more than just the content that you talk about and what the interviews are about that stays in that person's mind. That's, that takes a, a quite a long time to ingrain in someone's mind. So it's the same with any kind of business, any new business that comes along, you might be a bit against it to begin with, but then the more you see it, the more you're familiar with it, you get adjusted to it and then it's all you can see, but then you form your own opinions about it. So let's take Apple, for instance. We all know who you know the company Apple is. Every one of us have a different opinion about what Apple is and that's what a brand is. It's, it's how, what your own gut feeling is about it. Apple can influence what it is you think about their brand and they do a very good job of that, but it might be a very negative experience that you've had that has influenced your perception of what their brand actually is. You might think of them as a very bad company whereas someone else might think of it as a very good company and you know, a great brand. So it really depends on your perspective. So what you want to do with the podcast is paint a positive picture that can influence what that person is about to experience so that they do walk away having had, you know, let's say if it's a 30 to 45 minutes of their day taken up by what it is you're talking about or your guest is talking about, that it was worthwhile and that they want to come back for more time and time again. In terms of the the touch points that you you know you deliver to your audience be it in the audio branding or be it in the cover art or your website or your social media content it's just those things to help you keep top of mind and that's what you're trying to do with marketing is to present yourself as a relevant person that you know is there for them or that they're you're active and you're open to connect with others and it might also mean that you actually have to proactively connect with people as part of that brand but there's a lot of kind of facets there that, that branding becomes much more of a long-term play to see those results. And so when you see people like Joe Rogan, like to begin with, he probably wouldn't have had a very huge, huge audience until now it's just progressively, progressively got to a point where people start talking about him and becoming advocates for his show and sharing his content, which is what that long-term goal of what branding is, is to have advocates and evangelists of your brand be it a business or a podcast and um it, it takes time to do that the the strategic side of things the marketing side of things is more so to launch it well so that it does have a good start so that you could get on itunes new and note, noteworthy if you have enough plays you know in the space of a few days on your launch so some of the typical things to have is like three episodes when you start your podcast. This isn't something that I've done for my podcast. I'm playing a more long-term game rather than just that real short upfront game of getting some listeners. 
but there's there's some st- strategies that you can do that can get your podcast up to a flying start and then hopefully over time it gradually builds the more and more people share and listen and, and discover your podcast but there's a, there's a lot of different factors in what can make it a successful podcast okay frank so i have a question for you here um so i was listening to a podcast by pat flynn do you know who pat flynn is yeah yeah he was one of the first podcasters that kind of got me interested in starting this okay so before starting upsurge podcast i was uh, listening to the advice by him and he said that before launching your podcast just record five episodes yep. all together and launch it on the same day so that audience get much interested to listen all the five episode together instead of listening yep. one on one episode i think uh, one should be the introduction and the other should be uh, whatever the, your podcast format is yeah yeah that's my recommendation. It, again, I, I did mention this just a second ago that if you do between three to five, it can help um, increase the chances of more people listening to your content that is put out there in a shorter space of time. So if you think of things like Netflix um, or any kind of streaming platform that you might listen or watch now, sorry, rather than listen, um, people want to binge. So if they're interested in something you have to say to begin with in that intro, they want to hear what else you have to say because the intro typically is a pretty stale kind of episode, um, most likely. And then the gut, once you get into the guts of your podcast, having interviews or uh, several guests on an episode to really pump up the audience numbers there, then it's a definitely it's it's definitely the, a really recommended strategy. If you do a Google search about this, everyone says to do it because it is proven to work. Um, so yes, I definitely would recommend it. Have I done it myself? No. Um, as I said before, it was more of a, I need to get this out now. I'm doing it for the love of it rather than for the numbers game of it. Um, if people discover over time, then that's going to be the, my proof in the pudding that I've marketed it well enough to get in front of people and done a few other little things, you know, here and there to boost that listener engagement. But it's not to say that you start a podcast and do five episodes that you're guaranteed to have hundreds and hundreds of listeners to begin with. There's no guarantee of that. Um, so it, it takes some hard work, effort, hard work, and um, a bit of luck too, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen for people like you and me, uh, like people like Joe Rogan and Pat Flynn, if they are going to start a podcast right now, they're going to get a million subscribers or a million downloads uh, straightforward. But for people like you and me, we need to struggle a little and make it work. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends. Like if, if I've heard of someone in my network here in Australia and she has a pretty comparatively a pretty low following, only a few thousand people following her on Instagram. There may be more in her you know, email network. I'm not sure, but she launched at number two in business podcast here in Australia. Um, so it can be done. And, and she had a very interesting launch strategy of just telling everyone about it, like beforehand, even starting, just telling her friends, her family, please play this. If you've listened, like try and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, leave a review for me. That would really help and, and really bump those numbers up so that she was um, charting in this country, at least um, from the get go. And it's a, it, it, it does show that you don't have to have a very big following to have a good launch for your podcast. So it is achievable, but not always going to happen. Yep. I think uh, her Instagram audience that she had and the community that she has built around on YouTube or Instagram or whatever channel along with Instagram, um, I think that is the platform might have helped her to grow the podcast in a short time very quickly and made it number two yeah yeah yeah. she definitely has that so that's that's a big reason why like you might have a thousand great engaged followers and a, a network around you of those people that that you know will drop anything for you and that that's really comes down to the kind of brand you've already built before and the personality that you are like if you are that kind of person then it, you know it can work mm-hmm, right so i have a question for you now um, uh, what will be the future of podcasting in the next five years or so? 
So let's assume this situation that we are five years ahead. And what do you think the podcasting will be in the future? And uh, how will be the clubhouse useful in the podcasting platform? Uh, I think we touched on it earlier was just the, the type of live podcasting that probably will become a bit more prevalent and whether or not it, the, the term podcasting shifts in terms of the meaning of it from a, a recorded um, show that you can listen back. I, I hazard a guess that will still stay around. I don't see that really going anywhere in five years, to be perfectly honest. It really does come down to the technology that you have and the progression of what, you know, different things uh, are doing. Like, you know, I only have to look at something like Alexa that's on my desk and luckily that didn't go off then. Um, one of those devices that can audibly, you know, play something on a whim so that people want to hear content as they're moving around. So that if we all have a pair of Apple Air- AirPods in our head for the most part of a day, you know, it's filling up those times and those seconds where we're not doing something specifically, you know, that needs our full attention. So I listen to podcasts while I'm driving or doing the, you know, grocery shopping. Um, and, you know, I think there's probably going to be more of a trend of, of people just filling up that time with content because we're all sitting in front of a phone, but when we can't sit in front of a phone, then what do we feel we need to do to occupy, occupy our time? Um, so I think a lot more people are, are definitely discovering it. I really don't think it's seen a plateau yet of engagement because there's, you know, each year I think it was estimated something like 800,000 podcasts have been added or started. Um, in the last 12 months. So, you know, I think it's only very early days, even though they've been around for over 10, maybe 15 years. Um, I think there's a long, long future ahead for them. How they play out, I think it would be typically just, most likely, just live podcasts. I mean, like Clubhouse, I think was really kind of changed the game of what a podcast can be. Um, and even YouTube to that end as well. I see a lot of YouTubers um, adding podcasts to their content and have a bit more longer form content to vary things up. Um, but it's not to say that everyone should do that either because it's very time consuming to create a long form video uh, podcast, which is why I've been doing short form podcasts if they've been videos of like 10 to 20 minutes max. Um, so yeah, it, it really comes down to what your goal is and what you what mediums you want to be on. And in, in five years, there could be a whole nother social media that we've totally, none of us know is going to exist that could change it. So I think it's just being adaptable to the situation and seeing how you can be creative to uh, to shift gears into what's being listened to or what's being consumed. And that might even mean your own content. That interview style of podcast might get really boring and there's something some kind of new genre of podcast that might come out that everyone wants to you know talk about. Mm-hmm. So the number that you said, 800,000 new podcasts are launched every year. Uh, one of them is mine. So um, last year I, I started a podcast, um, but uh, the thing that happened was after a single episode, I started publishing and started recording and I never had a thought of publish the second episode on that podcast. Now, I see a lot of people and I have one of my friend doing the same that um, uh, she published two episodes of her podcast and then uh, all of a sudden um, there was no episode after that. Um, Also, I've seen many people doing the same thing. So we can cut down 800,000 podcasts and uh, come to a very lower number out of it because people are not very much consistent in yeah. running their podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's definitely a significant drop-off of the sheen that wears off when you're doing podcasting. It's very exciting to start one, uh, I'll admit that. And I've had podcasts where I've had to put on hiatus, but I'd like to think there was more external factors at play rather than it, the interest waning um because my podcasts haven't had that like i haven't had hundreds of episodes for each of them yet they're, they're very still they're still very young uh, in terms of their their life of what i'm hoping them to be so uh, i do see a lot of podcasters that just get that burnout very early because it's a new skill that you're having to learn and it, you might find very quickly that it's not for you um which is why i think the recommendation with some duality is to 
record five episodes to begin with just to see how you go with recording and editing and even scheduling guests onto those episodes to make it all happen to see if it still interests you by the time you press publish. And then there's an added extra part of marketing it and talking about it constantly to make it something um, that people want to you know, discover or keep listening to and for you to keep going with it. So there's some, there's some, there's a lot of motivation needed to do it. Um, but you know, if, if it's something that just really you're very much interested in, or you have a partner, you know, to go along with you in that journey that can make it a little bit easier, but yeah, there's, there's probably going to be a term about, you know, podcast drop off. If there isn't already some kind of saying um, after a certain amount of episodes, you, you just, you know, die out of interest for it and you move on and that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't start and try and see if it was working for you or not. If it doesn't, you know, that's okay. And I hazard a guess a lot of people might stop because they don't get the numbers that they thought they were going to get. And that's just something to be, you know, realistic of when you start rather than doing it for the numbers, do it for the value of it. Um, especially because you're not really getting any return on investment for it. Most likely in those first few episodes, if not the first 50 episodes, you might not see a return on an investment of, either the gear or your time, whatever it might be. Yeah. So I was watching the uh, video by Seth Gordon and in that he says that you should not judge yourself before writing 50,000 words. And you said it very well that you should not uh, judge yourself before you complete 50 episodes or so. And I've started this podcast in the month of January. So I do not look over the metrics and I have a, I have a standard that I will look after a metrics in depth after 35th episode or so because um, there are high chances of me dropping down if I look over the metrics each and every day for each and every episode. So I should stay away from it and till 35th episode I will continue to show up and see how the audience react to this podcast because I do not want to drop out of podcasting space because I am putting a lot of time in this and also the people who are showing up and giving up their time, the guest and also the audience are going to pretty be pretty much angry on me because of what action I'm going to take. So. I'm going to continue this, but yeah, I have a diary. I write a very few things in it about podcasting. What are the improvements and my thoughts in for improvement? So I started this in the month of January. So I'm looking forward to have an improvement after 10th episode. Very good. Thank you. Uh, now let's come on to the next thing for this episode. Uh, this is going to be the rapid fire round so you're just going to answer the questions that i'm going to ask you and i'm not going to cross question you for this one okay so how do you get the listener for your podcast what are the medium what are the sources for that yep uh instagram linkedin and medium okay so how does seo help you to promote your podcast get more listeners and downloads for your podcast yep so with it a podcast to get seo recommendations or, or appear in seo if you can your, your site firstly needs to be optimized for seo but the second part is that you need to um what is it transcribe your audio and put that up as a blog post on your website to have that seo advantage it might not be a very short-term play it might be a very long-term play but it really depends on what you're talking about in your show that is relevant to your site and to what people are searching for. What a beginner should do if they are starting a podcast? Uh, think about who their intended audience is and stick to that audience and what they're looking for. If you focus any on anything else but that, like the metrics of who's listening, you, you're not doing it for the right reasons, I don't think. If you're doing it there to help someone, to inspire someone, to entertain someone, to help someone connect with your guest, you're doing it for the right reasons from a value point of view to give away something of value to others with no expectations in return, that's going to help you. Three best podcasts you would suggest to listen to? 
my three, but no, I'll suggest the ones that I really enjoy. Um, Pat Flynn's SPI or Smart Passive Income podcast. Another one I listen to is by Mike Chandler and Tom Ross. It's called BizBuds. And then I may as well throw in my own of brand my podcast. Mm-hmm. Good. I thought you were just going to say three podcasts, none of yours. Um, and I'm going to say the fourth one that is brand my podcast oh. because so far I have been through five episodes Thanks. and I have loved each and every one of them, honestly. Thanks. Okay. Future of Clubhouse. Is it going to change the future of podcasting? Definitely. Best podcast hosting platform and why? Um, a new one I've found, which I'm looking to switch over to, is called Sounder FM, S-O-U-N-D-E-R dot F-M. Um, they, are, they are a free platform just like Anchor, but they also have um, a paid uh, a subscription, I guess you'd call it, with extra features. But I'd check them out because they have some very, very interesting features, even on the free version of what they have, like transcription and a little bit more about SEO. So uh, I'd give those guys a look. They've, they're relatively new. They've been around for the last 12 to 18 months and they're ex-Google, ex-Spotify uh, exec as well. So um, I'd, I'd definitely check out Sounder. Otherwise, if not, them, Anchor's a great start if you're looking to start a podcast. How can someone monetize their podcast? Uh, a few different ways. Affiliate marketing. So shouting out someone else's product in return for a commission on a sale. You can have a sponsored podcast of having a brand uh, approach you or you can reach out to a brand to shout them out on an episode and they pay you a fee for that paid shout out or you could spruik your own which is you know, advertise your own services as a sponsor of your own podcast so let's say if you're a service provider or you have your own product you can talk about that as part of or in part of your show and, and monetize it that way there is another way you can do it as well which is community-based which could be having your listeners pay a nominal fee per month on something like patreon a dollar could be five dollars a month to support your podcast a lot of people doing that that really depends on a a decent listenership Um, but they're the typical ways that you can monetize all right frank so i'm going to ask you a little question for myself and i'm having some trouble inviting guests for the podcast any suggestions for that keep asking Um, reach out genuinely interested in what it is they're doing um, what pod, something you know specific about what you enjoyed about their content? Let's say if the you know if it's one of their podcast episode, how it might have helped you or what interested you, um, and reaching out and just saying, look, I'd love to talk to you about something specific about what you've talked about, you know X, Y, or Z, and do you have you know thirty minutes of your day to come on my podcast and let me ask a couple of questions that I think would really benefit uh, my audience based on the value that you have to give. If there's anything I can give in return, please let me know um, if that will help sweeten the deal. Be genuinely open and honest about that. Um, but for me, I, I've typically, you know, the people that I've asked to have on my own podcast, have it's a 100% success rate. I don't think I've had someone say no. Um, or if they weren't able to say no at the time, it was always later because they were busy with too much other stuff at the time. So you may as well ask. There's nothing you know wrong with asking because the worst thing they can say is no. You move on and then, you know, interact with someone else and what if someone is asking me for the metrics of the podcast or episode be open and honest if if that's what it means for them to get on the podcast and they're not so interested in their time is worth a little bit more then look that's the end of the day that's their call um i don't feel like there's anything in it for you to to lie about that kind of thing um if you want to be genuine and open and honest i think someone's going to appreciate that and just be down to earth and just say look i'm only getting like an average listenership of around 20 people um an episode i hope i understand it's very low and it might be very low compared to what your numbers are if you're a podcaster too but i'd love to be able to build this podcast up and i hope you know that maybe when you started it might have been a very similar situation and been given a shot from someone you know would really help in this kind of situation i hope you'd appreciate that but like if not, if it's if it's not fitting for them, then it's not the right fit for you. Okay, so far so good. You have answered all the questions, and but I'm a kind of person that asks for bonus. So any bonus tip for the new podcasters that are coming up in their journey or starting up right now? Is there a 
question or am I just giving a, a tip? Kind of a question in the form of bonus tip for audience. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Understood. Um, look, I would say play a longer game of podcasting. Really check your, the reality of what the situation is that you're not going to be an overnight sensation most likely. Um, so to, to put things more in perspective of what it is you're doing this for, do it for the love of it, not for the return on investment, for the, you know, the, the accolades of having a great listenership. I really don't believe in that. It's the same way I've treated social media of not having to work for the number, but for working for the enjoyment of creating that content. It's no different for me. Maybe I'm a very different kind of individual, but I think if you can set up a brand that is genuine and open and honest and is there to deliver some free value, if you have the time and ability to do so, then that's why you should start a podcast. Um, if you do it with different other intentions and don't get what you hope out of it, then you need to be realistic about that not potentially paying off. So that's my kind of tip there, if that's a tip at all. <laughs> yeah. So you have answered all the question and I can see you are very quick answerer kind of person who answers questions very quickly yeah. but i see this in myself while editing the podcast that i take a second or two gap that i need to improve on and i'm looking forward to do that no 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 i think this is the thing at the end of the day a lot of people will lean in and listen that if you are if you do take the time to consider your thoughts rather than just being off the cuff and very quick take the time you need and people will lean in and listen maybe that little bit more and wait for what you're about to say because it most likely is going to be more impactful than just shouting out verbal diarrhea <laughs> if that helps okay frank so how can someone find you um if they are looking to get in touch with you yeah if they want to connect with me i would point um them or if you're listening to this right now, if you go to gdayfrank.com, G-D-A-Y-F-R-A-N-K.com, same thing with Instagram, at gdayfrank, same spelling, and you'll find everything you need to know about me. Thanks, Frank, for being on the show and answering all the questions. It was a very wonderful time with you. Pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, I'm Frank, and you're listening to the Upsurge podcast.